Hi folks, and welcome to another episode of the Future in Finance podcast series. This week, we're talking about CMAP1, topic 11, which is life assurance. Now, since we always operate on a strictly no bullshit approach, I need to level with you. This one is tough. It's intense, and to be honest, it's the also the section I flunked in my exam and I ended up having to reset the unit. So remember, you can re-listen to this podcast, you can take breaks, and you can also ask me as many questions as you need to on the good old Instagram page, also on TikTok, so don't let it overwhelm you. We'll get through it together, and you can always see the visual aids that I've got on Instagram as well. If you're new here, this podcast is dedicated to helping you smash through those CMAP exams. Every week, we pick one of the topics from the London Institute of Banking and Finance's study texts, and we work through them together, trying to give it some pizzazz and drop it in some real-world examples where we can. If you don't want to miss an episode, you can hit follow and press the little notification or bell button on Spotify. Not only will it give you a little ding when we've dropped an episode, but it also means I get to see how many real-life people tune into this each week. Devastatingly, we will be missing our favourite co-host again. I'm so sorry, but we realised about four minutes before we were due to record this that her laptop was knackered. So you stuck with me again for the next 20 or so minutes. Okay, before I jump in, a little housekeeping as usual. The CMAP 1 Masterclass is now live and ready to book. The response has been overwhelming. The September dates are booking up fast. So if you haven't heard, it's a five-day fast-track CMAP 1 course. You'll get the delight of me and no more than seven other students working through the material together over Zoom and getting exam ready. You'll also get access to an e-learning platform if you did want to do some prep in your own time. You'll get the complete audio study guide series which is instantly downloadable and with the e-learning platform you get each unit as they become available. Now the audio files are just like this podcast, they break down each unit of the textbook in an easy to understand way, it's just a little bit more comprehensive than this and included in the package you will also get a one hour one-to-one coaching session with me and that all gets included for the price of £279. And if you're thinking, that's way too cheap, I've seen those other ones out there that are just over £600. Yes, you have, and yes, it is. This is an early bird offer, so it's to celebrate the launch of the course. You'll get everything as and when it's ready, and you can either sit the Fast Track course from the 4th to the 8th of September, or the 2nd to the 6th of October. If you can't make those dates and you've booked on, you will get video recordings of each of the days. So to have a look, head on over to futureinfinance.co.uk, click on Masterclass and have a read, see if it's for you and hopefully bag your space. I'm also offering spaces on a completely free webinar on CMAP1 exam tips for anyone who's interested. So it's a 45 minute long workshop of working through the 2023 exam questions together. So I've got the mock exam papers. You can pick my brains, ask me questions, get involved. I've got 30 people already psyched and ready to join. So if you're interested, just look for the free webinar, either direct on the website or you can click the link tree link that you can see on both my Instagram and my TikTok account. Now I'm going to cue our intro music. So take a breath and get psyched about life insurance. So as always, let's start by boxing off the object 
objectives for today. Please remember, this is not a comprehensive study guide, so I get through as much as I can in 20 minutes to half an hour. If you want the complete study guide, you can get them in the audio files. But by the end of this topic today, we should have a clear understanding of a few things. So term assurance, and that's including decreasing term assurance, level term assurance, convertible increasing and renewable term assurance and family income benefit, and also whole of life assurance. And this is including non-profit with profits, unit linked, unitized with profits, low cost and flexible. The first thing I want to talk to you about is the difference between life assurance and life insurance. So assurance means protection against the effect of something that's definitely going to happen at some point, like death. Whereas insurance is protection against the effects of something that may or may not happen, like a car accident or an illness. Now, in the textbook, they only use the word assurance, but there is a little note in there that says this section uses the word assurance, but the technical term for policies are insurance rather than assurance. So instead of adding another complicated string to this already difficult bow, I'm only going to use insurance for all because assurance kind of throws me sometimes and it doesn't need to, so hopefully you'll be good with that. And if you're wondering why you need to know about this stuff, it's really important when giving financial advice, which hopefully we'll all be doing soon, that a customer is aware of the risks of taking out such a large amount of debt like a mortgage. And most lenders will ask that there is some form of cover in place before the mortgage completes. And although it probably won't be your job as a mortgage advisor to give guidance on this, it's really key to have an understanding of it. And also some policies can be directly linked to mortgage products as well. Just so you know, it's also some, something that you can get qualified into. You can take an exam which is called R05 and that will mean that you are allowed to give advice on insurance products. Okay, so we're going to start with looking at term assurance. And remember, I'm going to switch it to insurance from right now. So term insurance is the most basic form of life insurance. It's pure protection for a limited period with no element of investment. So for this reason, it's also the cheapest. With term assurance, it can be used for personal and family protection, but it can also be used for a wide range of different business situations. So business use includes arrangements by with things like key person insurance, which would effectively protect against any loss of profits a company might incur if a key person that worked there died. And with term insurance, there's something that you'll see all the time called the sum assured. And this is just another way of saying the amount that would be paid out under the agreement of the terms of the policy if the person that was covered, also referred to as the life assured, so think the life that's insured, was to die within a specific period of time. Now, the policy would pay out to the policy holder, which would be the person who pays the premiums, not the person covered under the policy because you wouldn't want to pay out to a dead person. And the term can be arranged from anywhere from a few months, maybe up to 40 years or more. Now, there's usually a maximum age that they will cover to with term insurance, and that's 65. If a policyholder wanted to insure somebody over that age, they'd probably be better looking for a whole-of-life policy, which we'll come on to later. Now, if the person that's been insured with this type of product survived the full term, there would be no payout at the end. The cover ends and there's no refund for any of the money that you've paid. It's just like car insurance. You don't get a refund if you don't make a claim. 
With term insurance, payments are usually made, same as car insurance, so monthly or annually, and if you miss a payment and you don't remember to make it or settle it within 30 days, the cover automatically ends. You wouldn't get a refund for any payments that you've already made. And with the payments, they tend to stay the same throughout the lifetime of the policy, so it's unlikely unlikely that you would get an annual review that says it's changed. And that's term assurance or term insurance. So it's an insurance policy that covers you for a certain term. That wasn't so bad. Now let's look at the different types of term insurance that's available. We have level term and decreasing term insurance. So with level level term insurance, the amount that would be paid out in the event of a claim remains the same throughout the the entirety of the policy. So again, with level term insurance, the premiums are normally paid monthly or annually throughout the term, although sometimes you can just make one single premium payment. Now you'd use level term insurance if, for example, you wanted to make sure you left your children with a specific amount, say £50,000 when you die, if you died before 65. Now, one thing that's so important to remember when talking about life insurance is you never just keep one policy throughout your lifetime. Our circumstances as people are always changing and the idea is that you review them whenever you have get a big life change. So if you buy a house, you'd get it reviewed. If you had children, once you'd paid off your mortgage and perhaps once your kids are grown up, they're all moved out and they're not relying on you anymore. Um, so you'd make sure you had the right level of cover for your circumstances at the time. So you might decide that £50,000 would be important to pay out now once your imaginary kids are older and they might not need that much. So you could potentially review and get a cheaper monthly premium with the adjustment once they're that bit older. One thing to be aware of with level term insurance, especially if it's a long running product, is that it will be affected by inflation. So that 50 k now might be a decent deposit on a house and a three week trip to the Maldives. But if you don't review it in 20 years time, it might only get you two weeks in Benidorm half board and no deposit for a house. Next, we have decreasing term insurance. So where the payout amount reduces to nothing over the term of the policy. Premiums are payable all the way through the term or they might be limited to a shorter period like two thirds of the term. So this would be suitable if, for example, you just wanted to cover the cost of your mortgage that was outstanding. So as you pay off your mortgage, the term of your insurance cover also decreases. These are often referred to as a mortgage protection policy or mortgage protection insurance because that's the most likely reason somebody would take out a decreasing term policy. In the textbook, it talks about something called gift inter vivos cover. So it sounds really fancy and I'm going to break it down. So gift as in like a, a present, a gift, and then inter vivos in Latin translates to between the living. So insurance cover for a gift that you give to somebody while you're alive. And I'm going to give you a minute to process that. And if you think about it, it might get you thinking about inheritance. So gift inter vivos cover is an insurance policy that's designed to cover certain inheritance tax liabilities from a potentially exempt transfer, which if you remember, it's when someone gives a gift while they're still alive that they generally still leave with their inheritance. And if they die within seven years of giving that gift, you could potentially be liable to pay some inheritance tax on it. How much you pay depends on how many years into that seven years they are before they die. Gift into Vivos cover is an insurance product that protects against 
the the cost of that so it would effectively pay out whatever the tax liability was okay team next on our list we have convertible term insurance so convertible term insurance is a life insurance product that offers the option to convert the policy from a term product where it has a specific end date to a whole of life or an endowment product at the standard premium that you've been paying and this is without whoever the insured person is having to provide evidence of their state of health at the time of the conversation. So convertible term means you're switching it from having an end date to not having an end date. Now there are certain rules and restrictions that apply to the conversion option. So the conversion is normally carried out by cancelling the term assurance and issuing a new whole of life or an endowment policy. And also you can't increase the payout amount if you want to make the switch. So the sum assured would remain the same and that's convertible term insurance, that's all, you, all we need to know. Next on our list, we have increasing and renewable term insurances. So some companies do offer increasing term assurance and that's where the amount paid, the, the amount that they would pay out increases each year by a certain amount or a certain percentage and this is a really good way of keeping up with inflation. And next we have renewable term insurance. So this includes an option to renew the policy at the end of whatever the initial term is for the same payout amount without the need to provide any further medical evidence. So you're basically renewing a policy that you've already got in place. Again, just like you can do with car insurance. However, it's different from convertible term because there's still that maximum age, which is usually around 65, after which the option is no longer available. Now, the premium for the new policy is based on the person's age at the date when the renewal option is exercised. Okay, guys, this is the last section for the first set of objectives, which means we're firing through this way quicker than I thought. Next, we're going to talk about family income benefit. So simply put, a family income benefit policy is a life insurance product that would pay out a regular income instead of a lump sum upon death. So its initial design was to replace the income lost from a family member and the insurance would meet that need. Usually these policies pay a tax-free regular income either monthly or quarterly from the date of death until the end of the chosen term. Since usually the cover reduces as time passes, the policy can be described as a form of decreasing term assurance because there's a specific end date to the policy. However, Policies can be arranged with escalating installments to combat the effects of inflation, but these options are understandably more expensive to reflect the higher level, level of cover that's needed. Take a minute here, because I know that I've mentioned a few different types of policies, to just say that remember that all of these products are summarised in their name. So with level term, the amount stays the same. Decreasing term, the amount goes down. Increasing term, it goes up. I'm sure you get the idea, but I'm really confident that when you read a question and then you reread the question, it sinks in a little bit better. So always remember that as an exam tip. Now let's have a look at whole of life insurance. So whole of life insurance is designed as the name implies to cover the insured person for the whole of their lifetime. It would pay out an amount of life cover in the event of their death whenever the death occurs, provided that the policy still remains in force. So if they die at 40, it pays out. If they die at 85, it pays out. It doesn't matter. Like all protection policies, the overall benefit of this type of insurance is that it provides peace of mind. So it can be used in both personal and business situations and also for certain tax purposes. 
So some examples might include to protect dependents against the loss of financial support in the event of the death of the breadwinner, to provide a tax-free legacy, to cover any expenses on death, so this could be used as an alternative to funeral cover, or also to provide funds for the payment of any inheritance tax. So with this type of policy, payments can either be payable indefinitely or for a limited to fixed term, which is sometimes to retirement age so that you know that you would be covered, you won't have to keep contributing. If limited premiums are chosen, the minimum term is normally 10 years. Because whole of life insurance, unlike term insurance, definitely pays something out sooner rather than later. Remember, term insurance has the end date. Life companies build up a reserve to make sure that they can pay out when the life that they've insured ends. So this enables companies to offer what's called a surrender value on whole of life policies if the client cancels during their lifetime. So surrender value refers to the amount of money that an insurance policyholder is entitled to receive from the insurance company if they chose to terminate their policy before they reach the maturity date. So basically, if you cancel your policy before you die, you would get some money back. The surrender value is usually a a percentage of the total premiums paid by the policyholder minus any fees or charges that are stipulated in the policy. So it's usually lower than the total amount that you've paid because insurance companies use those premiums to invest and generate returns and you're basically withdrawing from that investment so they want to cover their own costs. These The surrender values are generally small in relation, in relation to what you would pay out. When you pay for a whole-of-life policy, your premiums are basically invested to generate a return for profit for the company and depending on how the underlying investment is structured depends on what type of policy you have but we don't really need to dig deeper into that for the cmap so we're not going to carry on with that one the different investment structures that are offered are non-profit with profit low costs unit linked and unitized and these investment bases also apply to endowments which we're not going to cover today it is in this unit but we just don't have time The main difference is that an endowment is basically set to run for a specific term, whereas a whole-of-life policy is open-ended. And the final thing that we're going to cover today is flexible whole-of-life policies. So with these bad boys, they're referred to as flexible because they are issued on a unit-linked basis. So their flexibility lies in the fact that they can offer a mix between life cover and investment content. Although it can have a really high level of investment, a flexible whole-of-life policy should never be thought of as a primary way to save, but rather as a protection plan that could be adapted to investments if circumstances changed. Now, most companies offer three main levels of cover on their flexible whole-of-life policies, although it's usually possible to choose other levels in between, but you've got maximum cover, which is normally set up to be maintained for 10 years. After that point, all the units will have been used up, and increased premiums will need to be made if you want the cover to continue. You have minimum cover, which is where a minimum level of cover is maintained, and the number of units attaching to the policy builds up to a substantial investment element. And finally, you have balanced cover. So this is the level of cover for a given premium that the company expects to be able to maintain throughout the life of the insured person. To calculate the various levels of cover, the company basically makes an assumption about the future growth rates of those unit prices. In all cases, the initial live cover is guaranteed for a certain period usually 10 years, and then beyond that point, the company reserves the right to increase your premiums or 
to reduce the level of cover that's taken. Further reviews are usually undertaken at five yearly intervals or sometimes annually if the person that's insured is older and adjustments can be made again. All right, team, take a breath. We are done for this week's episode. That's a little bit of CMAP 1 topic 11 boxed right off. I don't know if I mentioned it at the start, but please do remember this podcast is not a comprehensive study guide. It's here just to give you an insight into each unit and to support your learning. If you need more, head on over to www.futureinfinance.co.uk. I'm currently offering a massive 50% off the audio study guide package. So it's the 25 MP3s just like this, but in more depth plus visual aids, plus an hour's one-to-one coaching with me, or just for 120 quid. Look for the all-access pass under the audio study guide products on the website. I also forgot to mention that you have the option of purchasing one topic at a time, so if you feel like you've got a handle on your self-study but there's just one little bit that boggles your brain, or you've just sat your exam and you've missed the mark in one or two units, don't worry, that happened to me, then you can buy just one topic for a tenner. Oh, and one last thing before you go, there is a brand spanking new section of the website called Study Support, where if you subscribe to it, I will send you hints, tips and ways to pass the exam, plus a ton of mock exam questions from the 2023 mock exam papers. Go to Study Support and you will get a Sunday Study Support edit. My favourite people... Go better yourself, go get the career you want and go get help with your CMAP studies with Future in Finance. Now, as always, if you have any questions, if there's anything you want to know more about or if you just want to tell me that you're studying for your CMAP and you fell on this podcast completely by accident and you learned something new today, then please get in touch. There's this podcast, there's TikTok, there's LinkedIn, there's Instagram, there's so much other stuff. Please come and say hi. It's been an absolute dream having you. Thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to catch you next week.